Alrighty, hello everyone. Hey. I'm Libby. And I'm Allie. And this is... The Social Work Friends Podcast. Yes, yes it most definitely is. And we are out of spooky season unfortunately and heading full throttle into Allie's favorite time of year. <clears throat> My, I would, I, I would say third favorite time of year. There's only four seasons. I think spring falls lowest on that spectrum. Um, yeah, we're full steam. We're almost at Thanksgiving at this point. Um, but have you done any thrifting? Uh, yeah. I don't think I talked about this in the last one. I got this. Oh yeah, no. We and I got a cardigan thing. It's orange. Um, what else did I get? I got like two. Oh, Brian, he got a bunch of different mugs. Like, we did talk about this. Oh, we did? I think so, yeah. No. The famous Lombardi ones. Oh, shit, then. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Then, no. I am doing thrifting. <laughs> we talked about the mugs, but we did. I don't think we talked about that sweater. I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I either way, track. it's cute. It's hard. I'm never going to remember. I have them written down from the last episode. Um, I don't think I did. Well, I tried to thrift, but I didn't. Like, I didn't find anything. Maxwell got another flashlight hat. Wonderful. Um, I don't think I actually got anything, which is a miracle at this point. I do a lot of thrifting, and I sell a lot of it online. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for the first time ever, I haven't thrifted anything. I'm um, busy a couple weeks. So. Gosh, yeah. Nice. This weekend I went to three different state parks and House on the Rock, which is... Have you ever been to House on the Rock? I don't think so. It is the quickest descent in the madness that I think I've ever seen in my life. It was... It, it's like looking at an is insane like person's brain. Biking? No. Oh, it's a biking? house. Oh, it's okay. a place that started off as like an architecture's dream home. He copied Frank Lloyd Wright. Okay. And you go through that part of the house and you're like, oh, fine, chill. This is funky. This is weird. But it's not like insane. And then you go into the other warehouses that are on the property. And it is the most insane thing. He has carousels in there. He has like a, a whale that's the size of this house in there. Like a whale, it's, it's, I think it's the Kraken, the big octopus, mm. and I would imagine his rendition of like Moby Dick, um, but the Kraken is like pulling the whale down, it has like seagulls in the ceiling, mm. and that's all to explain just like his nautical ship love. So this used to be his house, and now it's like a museum? And now it is a museum because he just collected so much shit that he, they just decided to like let people pay to visit there. You pay like $30 to go there. Oh, nice. I didn't. It was part of a wedding. Otherwise, I, I, don't, I would never pay $30 to go there. Fair. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever go there again except for like if I was bringing my children there or something. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of interesting. It is, but it's very overstimulating. It's exceptionally loud. There's like full symphonies of animatronic instruments that play themselves and each room is a different theme huh. and it's insane it's it's unlike anything i ever expected to see there that sounds pretty funky yeah but i broke it up with the state parks which we went to a glen i'm gonna make a tiktok about it i think because it was so cool and i my mom is from that area and for some odd reason nancy if you're listening you never brought us there and so she said to go there and we almost turned around because we were like oh, this is not a glen 
this is just a stupid creek and then I was like let's walk 10 more feet through the woods and we walked 10 more feet through the woods and it opened up into this huge glen like the ones that are in New York State that I went to this summer and it what, was massive. What is a glen? Um, it's like a rock bluff okay. that gets cut basically I'm gonna say in half by a creek and the so it's like it's pretty narrow it's smaller than a canyon but it's like straight up stone walls with a creek that flows down the middle of it. Interesting. It's pretty insane. Um, I guess I will post a picture of it on our Instagram just for context on what a glen is. Sure, because I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what a glen was either. I was picturing like a valley or something. Yeah. Like a cute, like little fairies flying around. That sounds like a lot more fun than what I did this weekend. I got to watch a football game. I, High yeah. school football, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got to sit around all day on Saturday, which for people who enjoy this, it would have been fun. And also watch football. And then wait until 8 p.m. to hear who the high school team... Hey, oop, you're like perched on my leg right now. Oh, that's so cool. Um, who the high school team will be playing in the playoffs. And drink all day as well oh. mm. and i took a nap like midday that was nice that was the first time i think i've taken a nap in like forever where it was just because you were bored and you just yeah. had to you just needed it was to just fill a bunch your time. of dudes sitting in the garage watching football and drinking beer they bought a garage beer they have a keg for this every year they get it for is this like a it's a big thing specific they event they invited yeah it's just a playoff party like just just to hear who they play in. It's all the, the high kids. school. Yeah, for the high school. It's Was there thing. other people there? All the coaches. They have like seven fucking oh, coaches. Oh, because Brian's dad it's is his a coach. Dad, yeah. And his brother plays. Or his brother graduated. He used to, but oh. and then a few of Brian's friends came and. They it's, had, like, it's just a big bro fest. Yeah, there was some like moms or whoever or girlfriends there, but I'm like. I don't enjoy this. So yeah, I took a nap. It was really, really nice. And then I went to bed at like maybe 11. And that was late. I was very tired. And they stayed up until like almost 1. Really? Yep. I think I maybe had a beer. And you do like beer. I do, but I just really wasn't in... I don't know. I wasn't in the, the, the vibes. I was like, eh, I don't need a drink. I'm That's good. fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, alright, so <laughs> beer, football, caves, yeah. state parks, what else are we talking about today? What are we focusing on <laughs> topic-wise? So today I'm going to talk about some myths and maybe misconceptions around social work. And so this is kind of following one of the older episodes that we talked about um, taking custody of kiddos and... So that's like one of the biggest ones. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit about what I actually do and what my position is compared to what other social workers are because there's a ton of things you can do and still be considered a social worker, which is kind of neat. So like I said, the first one, and I would argue is the most common one, is that social workers just take kids. And we already said that that is not the case. 
But it is, even for families who have worked with us, that's still a thought and a fear that they often have. And it's it takes having a more positive experience with a worker for them to be able to work through that. And I can understand why they think of that because it's one of the most negative things that can happen when you're working with a, a child welfare social worker. So mm-hmm. that's what's going to stick out always. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that um, thought is going to go away anytime soon, mm-hmm. but it's it's something I try to get rid of and work through with families because I don't want them to fear me coming into their home and working with them. Um... Another one is that social workers aren't paid well, which, at least for my job right now, I'm making some good money. And also, once I get, just like a lot of other jobs, once you go and get a master's or PhD or I don't know, whatever's above that. Can you, yeah, you can get a PhD in social work. No? Can you? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. That would be a good question. I don't know. Anyway. But with, like, getting a master's and stuff, you have the ability of making more money. So, if I ever decide to do that, maybe. I don't know what I would do with it right now. So, I don't really see a purpose in getting it, just to have it. You know? Because I can do everything. I just, I don't know. But I have been considering it. I also need to find out who I would get all of my, like, letters of recommendation from. Yeah, I don't know who to get a letter of recommendation from. How many do you need? Didn't you say like three? Two? No, it's not terrible. I was thinking about Mary, but... I mean, she kind of knows me. We're working on a project together. I think she would be a really good person to get a letter of rec from. This mac and cheese kind of sucks. It kind of tastes like crab, but also I really hope there's not crab in it. Because I don't like crab. Are you allergic to crab? No, it just tastes bad. Which I think is why it tastes bad. <laughs> is it a seafood mac? It didn't like say mac? that it was, but I feel like it might be. I don't know. It's yummy. That's not the craft containers, is it? No, I got that from Metro. Oh. Because hmm. I was like dying of starvation. Not actually, but I was really hungry. Um, And then also with being able to get paid more... The longer you stay at an organization, you're just automatic. I think we get, um, what are they called? Where you have to, like, sit with your boss and stuff. What's the word for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, don't <worry. laughs> I don't I don't, like, a review, yeah, basically, yeah, 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 of, like, yeah. what you're doing in your, I guess, like, quality of work. I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think we do those, like, every six months, so I have to do those soon. Also, I'm supposed to have a goal for, like, like an individual goal. So am I, for some reason. And I was like, um, to get my work done? I'm like, what kind of goal do you need? Um, they said that it's, like, a project kind of goal of, like, uh, like, the one that was suggested to me fresh out the gate because I was so on top of it was like trauma and tra- a certain kind of trauma awareness like the one uh, the, the one that I was thinking about was adoption trauma and adoption trauma awareness and research and stuff like that so it's the thing that you like bring to the organization type of a thing like mm-hmm. the the goal that I would have had would be like to raise more awareness 
for adoption trauma. That'd be interesting to hear about. Mm-hmm. Or the other one, and we could still do this, would be like to do more major self-care activities. That's the only other one that I know of that I have been suggested to do. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway. So... Yeah, there's that one. Um, the next one is that social workers interfere in people's lives. And I would say that's kind of a yes and a no because we can be really freaking nosy. Um, we have to know basically everything about your fucking life. And (laughs) we talk to like everyone that you know sometimes depending on what the allegations are. So I definitely think we can be perceived as being nosy and I can't disagree with that but I would also say that we try to do it in the least intrusive way we possibly can so if there's not an actual purpose to me contacting the grandparents of the child I'm not probably gonna do it like, if, there, if I'm not going to benefit from talking to other people, there's not a purpose. Or I guess benefit might be a wrong word. But if I'm not going to gain additional information, there's not a point to it. And at the same time, if we have the opportunity to not get involved with a family, we would go that route. Like, if there's no safety concerns for the children within the home, we'd much rather not get involved because, I like, we all understand how our involvement could impact a family in a negative way, even if we are trying not to. So I, I don't know, we try not to, but I know that doesn't mean we're not interfering. It could potentially impact you like at work and stuff too. If you have, cause if we get involved, law enforcement's probably going to get involved. And now if you have police contact, your boss might be like, uh, Mm. Is this going to be a regular thing with you? And I don't know. Uh, I mean, in I think most social services style jobs are nosier than like your average job. I mean, mm-hmm. we both have to like go into people's houses. Yeah. And, well, you do it in the most respectful way possible so that you, you're not being an asshole about it. Yeah. Like, if you don't need to talk to people for whatever reason, then you don't talk to them. I mean, I, I don't have to go into people's homes. It's preferred that I do because I'm working with people for six months and it's hard to not go into somebody's home for six months when you're at their house for four hours a week. But at the same time, I don't go into their house unless I'm invited. Most people, for whatever reason, do invite me. Yeah. <clears throat> Even when their home conditions are, like, not the best. Uh, which is, like, a good and a bad thing. It means that they, like, trust me to some extent. But at the same time, it's weird to go into people's houses. It's it's it is sometimes. bizarre. It, when I first did it, I was like, this is strange. I do try to make them feel as comfortable as I can about it, though. Like... A lot of the times the homes I'm going in are not like super clean and that's totally fine. My house isn't clean either. So I try to tell them that because that's like a kind of a fear of theirs is that just because everything's not perfectly organized, they think that that'll reflect poorly on them or maybe they'll get their kids taken away or something like that. So I always try to reassure them and say, I'm not looking at 
a mess. Like, I'm not worried about that. It's more serious safety concerns for the kids. So I just try to explain that a little bit more so that they're not, like, paranoid or feeling like we're being judgmental because that's not... I don't want to do that either. Yeah, and I do think that a few bad social workers can give social work as a field a bad rap. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I think that the media portrays social workers in a really negative way. I mean, social workers in movies are the ones that take away the kids mm-hmm. for no reason. Like when kids are put into orphanages, mm-hmm. it's the social workers that take them there and it doesn't really explain why or like give any context to it, which I think is the a big reason why people's immediate assumption of social workers is that they're just here to take your kids and ruin your life, mm-hmm. which is the opposite. I mean, most social workers don't want to do that. They don't want to take your kids. They don't want to intrude completely into your life, but yep. sometimes it's necessary. Yep thought of while I was at work today because I got a very nice call from a a dad (laughs) he was nice he was very mad at me (laughs) um (laughs) so I'm not even working with him right now but so sometimes when people call us they just think that we are are like freaking fairies that can fucking fix everything and I wish I could I really do okay I wish I could make any issues that you're having, like financial, school, family court, or like whatever it is, I wish I could just make it all better, but I can't. And sometimes people that are like reporters that are calling us get really upset that we just can't like snap our fingers and make it all perfect. And I, mm-hmm. I tried so hard to explain it to him and be so nice because he just wants to see his kid. So it's like, I understand why you're upset right now. And it's okay if you want, if you need to take it out on me a little bit. I'm not going to really take it personally because I know that there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. But it just, that kind of sucks at the same time because now he ended up hanging up on me. And now he has a, he's like, well, social service or human services sucks. They're not going to do anything. Why would I call him ever in the future? And it's like, I tried to explain what he could do instead or whatever. And he ended up saying he was going to call cops and I was like, Honestly, if they can help you more immediately, I wouldn't say that's the worst thing, but... Yeah, I think that that's a big hindrance for social services is the hoops that they have to jump through for them to do... All of our legal stuff. Mm-hmm. Cops are more of an immediate action mm-hmm. and social services or human services. Do they not call it social services? I anymore? think it's both. I don't know. I definitely call it social services most of the time, but... So do I. Social services, they require more paperwork. They require more paper trail. They have to legally have things done for them to be able to do things. They, you can't call them. They snap and show up to your house and do whatever you need them to do. At least most of the time, unless it's, like, really serious and egregious. In which case, law one. enforcement is probably still involved. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they'll still be there before us because they're typically the ones calling us. Mm-hmm. And just to Allie's credit, she is very nice on the phone. So I try so. <laughs> she really does try so hard on the phone. I've been there for several phone calls, and for somebody to hang up on her, they just have to kind of be an ass. I mean, she's so nice on the phone. And I, I just because I know how hard it can be, especially when. 
you just want to see your kids or you just want the best for them and you're concerned or even like if a teacher's calling like they're just concerned for this child's well-being they're not typically they don't have any like malicious intent like they're not mm-hmm. I don't know so it's I do really understand where they're coming from and why they want something to happen right away and so I try to be as understanding as I possibly can be and willing to help so I like today um parent was looking for housing she's like I've called all of these people and I nobody's helping so I like looked some stuff up and I gave her some different places to contact and I ended up writing up like a services report and whatever so I'm hoping that we're able to do something for her because I don't want her and her child to be without somewhere to live so I try my best to like maybe do a little bit more if I have the capability it's hard I couldn't imagine being in a lot of these parents positions or not even just parents like guardians or whoever they are like Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine it sometimes so um this one I think is kind of funny okay it's not really funny but that all social workers are women (laughs) which is like pretty much true but I I mean I think my entire unit right now is women and then there's in youth justice we have like one guy and even in my classes in high school, like in college, not high school, <laughs> in college, there was very few males, which is kind of sad. So I don't really know if that one's so much a myth because it is a, a female dominated profession. But mm-hmm. I, if any males out there are listening, I think you should do social work because the impact that you can have on so many of these kids that are on our cases, there's, I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of them. And I know this is a stereotype, so I apologize. But a lot of the kids, at least that I am working with, they don't typically have a father figure or a positive male role model in their lives. And I know that social workers aren't always... I I would say youth justice maybe would have a little more impact than, like, my unit would. Mm -hmm. But having somebody who's, like, consistently reaching out checking in on you helping you with anything you need maybe coming to the house to hang out or take you out to do stuff or I don't know whatever it is and it being a male I just think could be really impactful for a lot of these kids and it sucks sometimes because a lot of like when I used to work at my old job sometimes the boys were just they were uncomfortable talking about what they were struggling with with another woman like with a woman they just didn't want to so I felt bad like trying to get them to open up and because you don't want to make them more uncomfortable or there's just some more sensitive conversations that they don't want to have with you and it sometimes makes it hard to do your job so having a male presence there can really be impactful. I do work with a dude and so I mean we don't like divide the kids up based on like who's in each I mean he's the only male in like our entire department basically and so I take the girls most of the time because that's just usually a little bit easier when you Mm -hmm. work one-on-one with kids and usually the kids are a little bit more comfortable with uh whatever gender they are so it's it's that's kind of just like an advantage of having two a male and a female. So you have the option. Yeah, but none of the kids I work with have dads. Not yeah. a single one of them. 
and there's eight. And that's something that we're running into with a lot of our cases. We have like this new thing where we're trying to identify, well not trying, we're making it more of a priority to always identify the non-custodial parent because they still should have a say in what's happening and they should be aware of what's happening with their children. So we're trying to make sure that we're contacting them. But we've noticed that a lot of them, it typically is the dad that's not either involved or doesn't have custody. And it, you can't try really hard not to make that assumption because that's not fair. They could definitely be a mom that's not involved. Mm -hmm. But that is more of a theme theme that we're seeing, I would say. But honestly, I'd have to say that every time I've contacted either a parent that has like a less percentage of custody because usually it's like 50 50 or it can be like they can have like 30 percent or whatever it is every time i've contacted them they've one been more than happy to tell me anything i need to fucking know about anyone like doesn't even have to be their ex or their child it's just their whole life and that i think is kind of funny and they're also like if you need any help like with the children like i will come and i will do this and this and if they need more money to buy shoes or whatever it is, like, they have been crazy responsible, like, trying to do more and maybe better than they have in the past. And I thought that was pretty neat because I guess, like, and that's my own kind of bias in my own head that because they have less custody or they don't see the kids as much that maybe they don't care as much. And that's, like, totally not true probably Mm -hmm. most of the time. That's just the way that it works through the court. Yeah, a lot. It's the system. The system a lot of times is built against dads, Mm -hmm. I would say. I mean, most of the time you see custody awarded, full custody awarded to mom and maybe partial custody awarded to dad. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. I mean, sometimes it will depend on, like, the quality of parenting coming from yeah. mom. But even if it's mid-quality parenting from mom and better from dad, a lot of the times it does get awarded to mom. And that's just how the system is built. Maybe it's not done in a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, a lot of the dads that I have <clears throat> encountered in just the kids that I work with, they should not be present in their children's lives because they are not good people to have around kids. Yeah, and sometimes that also is an issue. Because mm-hmm. it's hard because you obviously still want them to have a relationship with their parents, like with both parents, but at the same time, like like you said, sometimes they're just not positive individuals to be in their life or not even that, but they might be harming them Mm -hmm. and then it's like you really don't want them around but it's hard because at the same time like it's still their parent and I don't know that gets so tricky yeah it definitely has an effect on a kid when they don't have their dad around for their whole Mm -hmm. lives and like you were saying it's when especially when you work with boys they have a tendency I mean they just think that we don't understand to some extent they're right yeah it's the same way with girls. I mean, if I was a young kid and I... Not wanted, want a dude telling me jack shit. No. I'd tell him to take a fucking hike. Yeah. Probably. Same. I, <laughs> I still like, might do that. No, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I would still... Oh, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, it would just be like a... There's no way for you to be able to understand the situation that I'm in. No. 
So, yeah, it does. It's a little bit easier when they're younger. Like, the young kids that I work with, they're totally fine working with a girl if they're a boy or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, it is very beneficial to have a male in your department in social work because it, yeah. it it they can take on a lot of the stuff that we can't do yeah like having there's some i think our county has it but i'm not positive but having like father support groups mm-hmm. i would not want to lead that as a woman Mm-mm. like i just don't think it's necessarily appropriate mm-hmm. i feel like there would be a even if, okay, say I was, like, the worker leading it, even if I didn't intend to, I still feel like anyone participating in it would feel like they were being judged mm-hmm. automatically just because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And that would, like, that would take away from the effect that it was having, I think, and the success of it, so. But no, I, I get it, yeah. I think a lot of, or it sounds like a lot of counties are either adding those or they already have those, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if our county has them, but I the other thing that I think is really cool is the parents, supporting parents thing that I showed mm-hmm. you a while ago. They, I think that that is like the coolest support group and they're all females. It's, parents supporting parents is like, to sum it up into a nutshell, it's parents that have been through the um, CPS system, the prison system, the jail system, whatever mm-hmm. it is, the court system that help other parents that are in the same area. It's kind of like a social worker that gets it because yeah. when you work with people who have their the kids taken away and they're getting out of jail, social worker that walks in can't really be like, oh, I, I get it because mm-hmm. it's like, no, you don't. You never had kids taken away. You never gone to jail, mm-hmm. nothing. These are parents who have gone through that, done that, and have come out better on the other side, and now they're helping parents navigate that system that are in the same spot they were in. Yeah. I try to be careful when I'm saying, like, oh, I I understand where you're coming from. Because it's like I don't. It's more of, like, I can empathize Mm -hmm. for what you're going through because it's, it's a hard situation to be in. But I have not personally experienced it, so it's like having those families or individuals who are able to directly be like no I literally have been through this mm-hmm. several times potentially mm-hmm. like I know that it sucks but you're gonna be okay we can get through this and they might be able to encourage the families that we're working with to maybe make different choices than they did in the past or just help guide them a little bit or even just be there as a support like not even that's literally just a person they just are. be they're there support they're like a case manager like me but um they do it for the parents instead of the kids which is a very interesting concept because mm-hmm. honestly the kids can change all they want but if the if the parents are the root of the behavior and the problem then you need the parents to change along with the kids and that's really hard to do because yep. if, if the parents are perpetuating the problem and making the problem ten times worse than it needs to be, you're not going to get anywhere until you work with the parents, which is also part of my job, but not really. Because I'm 22, I don't have children, and parents yeah. don't want to listen to me about how to parent, which is understandable. I'm totally it fine is with understandable. that. They'll ask me sometimes, or like one of my coworkers said that somebody asked her, or they were like, well, you have kids, you know. And she was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
because she's the same age as we are. And I'm like, I do not have children. And it might might be a little bit. Most parents Hopefully. look at me. <laughs> Most of the parents I've met look at me and they go, you don't have kids. How old are you? Most 16? of them know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm 22. And they're like, right. <laughs> like, trust me, I'm a lot more knowledgeable when you talk to me than you think I am when you look at me. Because I look like a baby. Yeah. I, most people think I'm 18, 19 years old, which is very problematic when you're working with 11-year-olds yeah. and you're barely, you look like you're barely older than them. <laughs> Although, I did have a kid call me old the other day, and I was like, that's such a compliment. I want people to think I'm older than I am. And it's because I call, I said, um... Ope and A in the same sentence. Oh my gosh. And nice. he was like, oh my god, you're so old. I was like, thank you. At the game this weekend, we, Wisconsinites, were totally getting shit on. And I was like, fuck you guys. It was funny, I'm not gonna lie. But I just kind of sat there laughing because they were making fun of, like, all the things that we say, like, bubbler. I, I'm like... It's a bubbler. It's normal. It's not a water fountain. Like, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. It doesn't bubble. It Ugh. bubbles. I know. And they, like, the, us saying open, like, oh, what was it? Something about going down to the Winnebago. It. I'm like, I've never said that in my life. But apparently that's, like, a thing. And whenever Brian's friends would come up here, they'd make fun of the, us, too. And I just, ugh. It was pretty funny. Him trying to, like, imitate us was so fucking funny. We are our type. (laughs) We we are our own, like, breed of human here. And we do have a lot of stereotypes. And we live up to a lot of them. I don't even care. I stand by the things I say. It is a fucking bubbler. It it, 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 It is. is. Like, there's no question there. Or bag. What's a soda? It's just a soda. I don't... It's not a Coke or a Sody Pop. Or just Pop. Or Pop. Pop is, I think... I mean, I get it because it, it makes the pop, but, like, come on, guys. It's just soda. No, I've ever... I've only ever said soda. Or, like, brown soda. Maxwell I don't... Maxwell says Sody Pop. I don't say, like, the color either. What? You've People, heard that? Yeah. People say that. And I'm like, there's a lot of... Or if I want a specific one, I just say it's Mountain Dew. Beer. Yeah, like, you... I don't... Do they have root beer in other states? That might be a dumb question, but I feel like they don't. I think they do, just not the good stuff. Just not the, like, root beer. Yeah. Because we got the good stuff here. We do. We have the homemade root beer Mm -hmm. at Culver's. Honestly, I went to a show the other day, and they were so pandering to the Wisconsinites. You just say Quick Trip or Culver's, and you're in Wisconsin, and that audience will erupt. And, and he really was just like, I'm going to go to Culver's and I'm going to get a blizzard. And we were like, what the fuck's a blizzard? And that he was Dairy like, Queen? Uh, isn't it that one thing that they tip upside down? And That's like, Dairy Queen. Come on now. Okay, your pandering is done now. You, <sighs> need get, you need to get your concrete mixers sorted. It was so funny. Disappointing. Yeah, he was... I mean, we make fun of people from Illinois just as much as they make fun of I know, of which is why it's funny. So I wasn't, like, upset. But I'm like, a bad name. Damn. Though. And that's yeah. that's just from being from Illinois. Illinois. It's from mm. being from Illinois. Mm-mm. <laughs> Some of them actually say it like that. And I'm like, you should know how to say your own state. I, I say it in front of Fibs just to make them mad. I've never actually met somebody that liked living there, though. Neither have I. Which is, like, why do you... 
Why does it exist then? Does Brian's family like living there? I guess they no, don't. They want to move to Wisconsin. They don't like they? dislike it, but once they retire, they were planning on moving up here. It's because we've got it. Yeah, they want to do all the fishing and stuff. We've got funny. the lakes. <laughs> we've got the Winnebago. Eh? <laughs> we've got the Winnebago. We've got the. Upers. Up north. <laughs> We've got the Great White North. Uh, I can do the Wisconsin oh accent hardcore. That's 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 the land that I love. Is where people talk like that. Not joking. That's just how they are. Yeah, that's just oh, how man. they talk. Anyway, anyway, what a to it was a good one. <laughs> so another one is that myself as a social worker. Once I respond or whatever, that I'll be kind of on my own, just left to figure stuff out. And that was kind of a fear that I had when I first started because obviously I didn't know a lot before coming to this job. So the fact that I would be at a home or wherever I was responding to and I don't know jack shit and now I have to make a decision was terrifying. But that's not the case. Um, There's so many people involved. You have your team in general, like, just the other workers who are in the same position as you are. Mm-hmm. You have, We have two supervisors, which is really nice. Some counties only have one. It just kind of depends on what probably their funding is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we have law enforcement there. That's, they're, I mean, most of them have been around for a little bit, so they probably know a good amount about my job, probably more than I do sometimes. <laughs> Which is sort of embarrassing, but it's okay. Um, We have the schools who are always willing to give more information than they probably should. They're so judgy. Oh, they are. And they're so nosy. They're like, oh, so what's happening with this kid? And I'm like, "Mm, you're not privy to that information. But thanks for asking. Um, oh my god, you don't actually say your name. No, I do not, but I should. I would pay you so much money to answer an email with, sorry, you're not privy to that information. <laughs> I should. That would be funny. Um, and then. Mad. No, I mean, it's true. Legally, they have to tell us these things. And we don't have that same obligation, which is kind of nice. No, they probably have to have a release of information signed by you guys, don't they? For us to tell them? Yeah. We'd have to get it from the parents, yeah. Yeah. But what parent's going to sign off for us to tell the schools their dirty secrets? I give a lot of parents to sign off on that. <laughs> nice. I get, it, it could definitely be beneficial. Like, I'll get them signed for our behavioral health so I can talk with them mm-hmm. about if they're making progress, if there's maybe some other resources that I should be seeking out or just stuff like that. It's... It's definitely important. Um, we get them signed a lot of the times for medical staff, too. Mm-hmm. I get, yeah, I get the behavioral health, and I sometimes get medical ones, but uh, those ones aren't really as common in my department. Yeah. I also like reaching out to um, some of the doctors, too, because they, one, just have a lot of knowledge within mm-hmm. them, just being a doctor, but... Mm-hmm. They have seen quite a bit that they're able to, like, if, you, if you're seeing something on a child, they can kind of explain maybe possible explanations to it, 
So if a parent said one thing, they can be like, well, typically a bone doesn't break like that. They're just naturally. Like detectives. Yeah, which is kind of neat. And they know a lot about um, like substance use too. So they can kind of explain how if a parent's using meth in the home, the child doesn't need to be present to have it in their system. If the parent's sweating and they have contact, they can have it in their system. Or if a, if a baby's, I mean, this is a little different, but if they're breastfeeding, then it'll be in their system. Or it's just like being in the air. Like you just with, so if anyone in your household is doing it, even if you're not directly around them when they're using, you can have it in your system. And I didn't know that. What effect does meth sweat have on people? I, I would say probably not a lot because it wouldn't. But like on a young kid? I don't know. Honestly, I've never gotten a straight answer for that. Well, I didn't ask necessarily about meth, I don't think. It was more about like weed and how that could affect mm-hmm. kids. Because that, I mean, that's a pretty common thing that parents are using. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think there's a whole lot of research <laughs> to like, say if there is. And I don't know if maybe that means that there's not a big effect that it has. But I'm pretty sure it can... It affects their develop, like their brain development. Oh, I think is the does, biggest yeah. one. So I don't know. I like theorize that. that just like secondhand smoke, there's going to be a lot of research that goes into secondhand like high. Type well, because it's still smoke. Well, potentially in some cases, it's still smoke that you're inhaling. So couldn't that wouldn't that affect your lungs too? I think it's a double whammy. I think depending on how what kind of exposure you're at, it can affect. Um, and my arm is cramping. Um. But yeah, I, th- I think it definitely does have an effect, but we <sighs> also are like standards. I think I said this one time, but our stuff just got kind of updated, our like present dangers. And just because a parent is using is not grounds to remove a child from their care. Using anything anything because it's more dependent on their behavior so if they're still providing all of the kids basic needs getting them to school um to the doctor if they need it if they're still doing all of those necessarily necessary things what's really the concern like the impact that the drug use is going to have is on the parent and we're not it's not really our business I guess like what they're doing and what they're putting into their own body as long as it's not negatively affecting their child which is bizarre because before just because a parent was like smoking weed you could walk in and be like I'm gonna take your kid bye (laughs) that is like not a thing anymore (laughs) even if they have like substances in the home not well and that if it's in reach of the kids so there's like there's more to it than that because if you're leaving your cocaine out on the coffee yeah, table. Yeah, and the kid could issues. go and lick it or something. Like, yeah. that's not good. Don't but if they're... The coffee if it's, like, out of reach of them and... Or you're using somewhere else. Yeah, but I would also add, if you're using other drugs and law enforcement finds out, you could still get in trouble with them. <laughs> so... Oh, wait, can you report them to law enforcement if you know that a parent um, is actively using? Or is that, like, a violation of some kind of right? We... Could and it, typically we have an officer already on like we're working together, typically on a case. So they would if we know something they'll know too. I don't know. It kind of 
it's hard because there's so much gray area in this profession that it's really difficult to ever get a straight answer from somebody because in some situations, yes, you need to immediately report this and if you don't, you're going to get in trouble. And other ones, it's like, well, it's probably fine. Like the, the other parents doing what they're supposed to, so... I mean, if the social worker doesn't see an active threat to the kids, then reporting it to the cops is probably one step and one headache that you just don't have to put onto the family. If the kid's not in harm's way, then what is there to report other than drug use? And honestly, he probably shouldn't go to jail for that anyway. Well, and then also something that I'm like so confused about. So say I do have to drug test a dad. Do I have to watch him pee? Because I do not want to. Mm-mm. But, and okay, I've never actually had it. So all of the parents that we've been with, it's always been either the moms or like the grandmas, whatever. And then the dads will come in. And I've never actually been around when anyone had drug test them. But I'm pretty sure, like I'm, I'm like 99% sure that they would, you have to come in and they'll ask a male staff, like anybody, to just come and observe I'm yeah. pretty sure. But what if I do one at home? You have to do home drug tests? Yeah, we'll do that sometimes. I guess maybe law enforcement. But I wouldn't want to sit with a freaking cop staring at me while I pee. That would be so awkward and so intimidating. Oh my god. I don't think I would. <laughs> I don't know. I need to like figure that out because I've asked and people are like, hmm, I don't know. I'm like, I need to know one day. Like, this is going to come up and I'm going to need an answer. Yeah, this isn't something that's just going to be like, ah, you'll find out in 20 years. This is going to be like, I could find out at any point in time when I open Seriously. a new case. I would be uncomfortable. I'm glad I don't have to watch anybody pee. Yeah, I haven't had to yet. But like, I don't know. That's a very private time. Like, I don't, I would not enjoy that. Well, in this country it is, but like in other countries, I guess you just that's have like true. open toilets. But we're American, we're very stingy about things like that. Megan Trainer and her husband have toilets right next to each other, and they just use them together. They posted on TikTok. I'm okay. I, I actually don't want that. That's like... Yeah. I, I don't want to like <laughs> hold your hand while I'm pooping or something. That would be weird. Yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm like, good. That's I'm good. A, that's like the five minutes you get to yourself. Yeah. And it, okay, like, at home I usually pee with the door open. Because it's just Brian. Or th- the cats. Like. Yeah, but I you're not like care. sitting next to somebody who's yeah. actively shitting. That's like a his and her toilets. That's like a thing. And I don't... Or house. this... Ugh, where I don't remember where it was. I think it was one of my friend's houses. But there was... There's a shower in the middle, and then there's toilets on either side of the shower. So if you looked over, you could see them at the other toilet. And I'm like, why do you want that? Like, I I don't know. Not for me. I'm good. I get his and hers closets and his oh, and yeah. hers vanities. Not the His toilets. and hers toilets? That might be a bit much. I would argue it would be a bit much. If that just is a bit much. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but like... Why would you want to smell that? I don't know. I really don't. Like, dudes take gnarly shits, I won't lie to you. They're fucking gross. Mm-hmm. And they, it smells so bad. Mm-hmm. Luke, if you're listening, looking at you. <laughs> I, I, no. 
I don't understand how dudes can sit in the bathroom for so long either. Oh. Why do you want to sit in there and smell it? I don't know. Like, they're oddly proud of it though. I don't get it. My brother could sit in the bathroom. He usually, I think he averages like 45 minutes. Uh, my brother just also sit. takes forever. He just sits on his phone. Oh yeah, you just he'll make calls sometimes. Oh. Yeah, he's called me before. Lucky me, huh? Lucky you. Hopefully not FaceTime, eh? Oh no, no, no. No, you haven't been prized with a FaceTime. No, poop thankfully call. not. But there's also like the families that take pictures of their shits and send them to each other. That was a thing in high school that the boys in my grade would there's do. There's an app for that. Why? I don't know. Why? Why do you want that on your own phone? Why do you want to send that to other people? I want to say that loud and clear. I do not want that. No. Mm -mm. Ever. I I don't. don't, I don't. I don't know what I would do if I got a poop pic. I really. With life, I guess. Lock them. Bye. (laughs) It was nice knowing you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Dad. (laughs) So just not texting you again. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Okay, I have two more. You have two more. Okay, two more. Gotcha. We're, get, we're getting there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tangent night. Okay, so the next one is leaving your feelings at home. And I kind of like went a little more into this one. So this is something that we kind of would teach our staff at, our, at my last job. And I guess I don't know if it applies as much to us, but sometimes... It is useful to share, like, a little something personal to, one, make yourself appear to be a human being and to make your, whoever you're working with, feel a little bit more comfortable and just to have a little bit more of a conversation versus I'm just asking you questions and you're responding. So, I do, I see a benefit of sharing, but also you need to be very careful with that because... You can easily cross over to now I overshared and I just told you something that in no way is beneficial or useful to our conversation and I just said it to say it. And there's no reason to do that with a client or a family or whoever you're with. So I don't know if you have any experience with that within your job, but... Oh yeah. In my last job, there were some people, some staff that worked with kids that just wanted their own pity party from kids and it's like this is not this is you are not the mentee you are the mentor well you can share that if you really want with the staff yeah like there's no reason that you should be telling the kids yeah and the there's like kids who knew who staff were dating and that kind of stuff and that's just not appropriate either if i ever have a kid that i work with that asks me if i'm in a relationship i'm like that's none of your business this is not this is not a time for us to learn about each other's personal relationships this is we're gonna get to know each other and we're gonna learn about these kinds of things and these things are off limits I don't need Mm -hmm. to know about your personal dating life and you don't need to know about mine yeah but then sharing an artist that you might like Mm -hmm. there's I don't see any harm in that but inviting them to a concert I would argue is not appropriate no (laughs) there's a line there's a very definitive <laughs> line in that sand. Yeah, I we think... We can listen to a song together. I think that's one you could easily not cross. Mm-hmm. And yet, some mm-hmm. people do. Yeah, <laughs> or a lot of the times there's there's that line in the sand and sometimes it gets a little blurry when you're like, 
Is there a game going on? That's weird. When you're like sharing a personal story that relates to whatever topic you're talking about, you want to kind of share again so that they can see that you're human and that you've gone through this too and they're going through it right now and you understand. However, again, it's not your pity party. Mm-hmm. Like It's you, like the bare minimum yeah, to get you your say, point across. Oh, I've been in middle school before. I've been I've done some of the stuff you've done before and it kind of sucks and then they go, "Oh, you've done that before?" And it's like, "Yeah, I've been through that." And then yeah, this is how we're going to get through it. You don't need to tell them about how you used to sneak out and go to parties or if you did drugs or like that's just a rabbit hole that is super unnecessary and very not appropriate to mm-hmm. ever tell a kid. Like, that you're working with in a professional setting? No, that would be a bad thing to share a with A very somebody. bad thing, because, yeah. I don't even think that needs an explanation. It's just a bad thing. And, you know, I mean, nobody's perfect. It is definitely a learning curve. One time, I made a joke about accidentally tripping on NyQuil instead of taking DayQuil. I made a joke about it. To me, it was harmless. And... I didn't realize to the middle schoolers that we were working with that it would aid them in some way. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately recanted my statement and was like, just kidding, ah, don't take cold medicine that's that's drowsy cold medicine during the day because you'll trip balls. I was just kidding. But I definitely did do that on accident. It happens. It was, it was the worst experience I think I've ever had because I took NyQuil instead of DayQuil because my siblings switched it on me because they're such nice people. And, um, I basically tripped balls for, like, three days in high school, where I thought I was dying, <laughs> I was hallucinating, I didn't Did you know go to the I doctor? Was. Huh? Did you go to the doctor? No, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's changed? I have a head cold. I'm not, like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I looked at what I was taking in the morning, and I was like, oh, this is fucking big. This makes is like, sense well, this now. This well. So then I figured it out and I felt much better. But yeah, I shared I shared a line of that story, not the whole story, and I immediately was like, "Shit, just kidding! Shit. I did not do that." <laughs> uh, darn! <laughs> and the teacher that I was working with was like, <sighs> and "I was like, yep, I immediately take that back. Ignore what I just said. I didn't say that, and I never. I I now I filter my thoughts a lot more. That was when I first started working with kids." But yeah, there's definitely like benefits to sharing, but mm-hmm. there is more negatives to oversharing than there is benefits to sharing, I would say. Agreed. Alright, and then the last one that I have is that all social workers are the same and they all do the same thing. So there's like a bizarre amount of social workers there's out there. So many. Like when I was looking this up, this was like the one thing that I actually like researched. And I was like, oh, I didn't know those were out there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I think probably one of the more well-known ones are school social workers. Um, there's also research social workers. Really? Which makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then public welfare and then child welfare also. Um, politics. Policy and planning, mental health care and substance abuse, mm-hmm. clinical social workers, 
Um, I think, I think it was that one. Oh no, Justice and Corrections. So this one I have a little bit of experience with. So my stepmom, uh, she works at a jail. So I got to meet with some social workers that came in there and their purpose was to meet with inmates that were going to be released soon and help them kind of figure out their shit before they get out. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them are no longer going to have anywhere to live. They might not have a phone or a job or anything, really, a car once they get out. So the purpose of these workers is to try and establish some of the basic things that they need to live to get themselves back on their feet and to hopefully not relapse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really have that much exposure to social workers. I mean, I just realized that there's initial assessment social workers, which is you. Yeah. And then there's ongoing social workers. And then there's youth justice social workers. Mm-hmm. All three there's of them also, are different. There's also international social workers. That's interesting. Yeah, I which I... That. Yeah. I thought that was kind of... Do you go abroad? Nifty. Yeah. And I... So, I'm thinking that would kind of follow the lines of a missionary. Oh. That... I didn't look it up. But that would make the most sense to me, is that you're going into various countries and trying to support the natives there. I think. I don't know. I don't know. That would be something cool to think about. you're, like, rescuing Americans from, like... Um, a bad trip. Were they to... with that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then there's healthcare, and that. So my stepmom also works in an ER, and I got to shadow the ER nurse, or not nurse, the ER social worker, and for them, they're primarily working with um, patients that come in who are a risk to themselves or others so a lot of the times it's they're having suicidal thoughts and they need to probably be committed somewhere and that was a shit show because there's nowhere to ever send them which is so fucking frustrating and and they end up I think when I was there the lady that came in she was like doing okay and then that day she's she's driving over a bridge and she's like I just want to drive off it and she ended up bringing herself in and saying I need help I don't know what to do and we had to send her like four hours away and because she came in and was admitted to the ER that means that nobody else can transport her so she had to ride in a fucking ambulance four hours which is sad because I would not want to sit in one of those for that long especially when you're like conscious and like you know what's happening you're not physically hurt you're mentally yeah hurt. and you're just like I'm just you're just sitting there thinking about the bills because that's yeah. what I would be fucking thinking about I was just gonna say like that is a really expensive oh, thing to yeah. have to do all because you reach out for help yeah that's sad. so stupid your system is pretty broken in that sense I think if you are chaptered and you're in some facility, I think the state should pay for it. 
because yeah. you're a ward of the state. Like, they have a say in what happens to you, how long you're there. Why would it make sense that they are not responsible for the cost? Yeah, and you're also, like, by bringing yourself to that place, you're kind of preventing a lot of other things from happening. Because mm-hmm. when you get to those dark spots, you never know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have a complete psychotic break and hurt other people. You could hurt yourself. I mean, you could do, a you lot could do lots happen. of other things, and by committing yourself in whatever facet you're you're preventing harm it's just like encouraging people to not reach out for help yeah by saying oh you came in well now you owe thousands and thousands 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 of dollars like oh cool thanks i'm in debt for a long time now all because i didn't want to die that makes it so much better cool uh, but yeah, there's also, uh, like, oh, so when I, um, I'm in the middle of applying to, like, social work master program, they make you pick which programs, and only certain schools obviously offer mm-hmm. certain social work programs, you can go for, like, general social work, but you, you pick your emphasis, and it's hard to pick, because there's, there's so, so many, many mm-hmm. and they're so interesting, and they're treated along the lines of, like, what psychologists are and counselors and therapists depending on which one you mm-hmm. go in and that was a noise it just it just totally depends on what you do i mean you you could do so many things yeah you could also do um aging do you know like end of life care yep i took a class on that and it was so depressing oh i'm sure so like you work with so obviously the clients that are in like hospice or whatever uh, there's another one it's hospice and something else i don't know either um so you have a worker and they're obviously working with that client their client but they're also there to support and help the families to establish what's going to happen once their client passes like trying to uphold the wishes of their client so if they want a natural burial or they want to be um um what's it called when you're cremated there you go i was gonna say incinerated but that was not the right word (laughs) that makes it sound so bad (laughs) cremated there you go um so just doing stuff like that and then just overall supporting the family if they need any counseling services once their family member passes or just throughout that experience because that is obviously a really stressful time in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I could never do that. No. And then, uh, like I said, so child welfare and that's where I fall. So I'm with our initial assessment unit and... There's actually one that comes right before us, so that's Access, and that's where... Oh, there's another group. Yeah, there's like wow. four in here. So Access is where if you are a mandated reporter or a non-mandated reporter, you could just be a relative or a friend or whatever, and you're calling with concerns of abuse or neglect, you're reporting it to an Access worker, and that's something that I have to do like part-time. That's what I got to do today because our worker's out on vacation, lucky her. Um, so then they'll write up these reports and then they get sent to our supervisors for screening and they're either screened in or out. And if they're screened in, then it gets sent to 
one of the IA workers, so that's me, and then however many other people we have on our unit. I think there's like six. Wow. Wow. I know. We are finally fully staffed, which is really nice. Um, so then we'll start a case with a family, and we'll do interviews. We'll talk with law enforcement. Sometimes we'll have to schedule a CAC, which is where the child will go to the, it's called the Child Advocacy Center, and they'll get interviews, sometimes have a medical done by a doctor, just to get more information on um, what might have occurred within the home or within whatever happened Mm -hmm. overall. Um, Sometimes we'll meet with the kids at school, or it just kind of depends on the family, but basically we have 60 days to gather as much information as we can about the situation that was reported. And then once we've done that, we can either open or keep the case open and transfer it to ongoing or we can close it. So if we transfer to ongoing, then they can pretty much have the case open as long as it's needed, Mm. which is kind of crazy. Like it could be several years. It kind of depends on... Um, the progress that the parents are making, because typically ongoing will require the parents to do, like, parenting classes. They might need to do, um, AODA assessments or, I don't know. There's, like, a whole list of stuff that they can require parents to do. And sometimes it depends, too, on if the child was removed from the parent's care or not. So if they're in an out-of-home placement, the goal is to try and get them back home. And Mm -hmm. so that can take quite a while. It just really depends. And then we also have youth justice, and that's kind of separate from us, even though it's still under the same category. And they get the referrals typically from law enforcement, but it can I think it can come from other people, I'm sure. Yeah. I think there's a few. I don't know. Do you know where they all come from? I don't know where they all come from. I the think schools, right? The school, yeah, yeah the school, law enforcement, and parents can report They can too. probably come from us too, I would say. Yeah, parents but can I, report them. Yeah, I feel like um, we police officers is the most common though. Yeah, police officers, I, I mean, police and school, I feel like True. would be pretty close yeah. in the running. Parents don't usually report their kids to youth justice. That being said, I do Not have one ten year old that got they reported do sometimes. We had some kids in I'll take this part out, yes, that got reported by their parents to youth justice. So I mean Yeah. But they'll do I don't know exactly what they do. They're just trying to get the youth back on track pretty much so if they're using they're trying to encourage them to stop they are trying to encourage them to do better in school so that they can graduate and work on their behavioral skills within their home so that they're not if there's someone that they're fighting with that they can work through situations without them escalating so just kind of stuff like that and I think that would be cool one day but also, I really do like my job right now, so I don't know. But I feel like youth justice is probably where I would go next. I would say. That seems like a pretty natural transition. I, I thought about school social work, but I feel like 
they're pretty much like a counselor. And it, there is more to it than that, I know, but some schools have been opting to picking either like a social worker or a counselor or even a psychiatrist, I think. Mm. The one here, I'm pretty sure they got rid of the... They added it back on. Oh, now, they did? Yeah. Okay. So, maybe not, but... Psychiatrists just can't, like, they, you, there's, like, actual, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into actually being able to, like, see a school psych mm -hmm. versus a counselor or a social worker. I do see where they pick where the other a counselor or a social worker, which I don't think is right, but I also see where schools there's underestimate a lot of... the importance of a school counselor and a school social worker yeah. together. There is a lot of similarities between them, though, but yeah. I... At the same time, not. Like, I don't... I don't think you could do both. Like, I don't no. think you could do what a school social worker does on top of doing what a school counselor does. Yeah. They're both full-time jobs. Mm hmm So, I mean... It just comes down to the funding. Yeah, it does. Which and I don't know funny. how you would be able to do that. That's just me, though. But, yeah, that's, that's all I got. I hope that was a lot of useful information I'm sure everyone's so happy to hear more about social work it was informative to me I love learning about social work and just learning about new stuff in general um but well, do you know what we're doing next is that the dump oh 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 is it, yeah that's a that's our trauma experience yeah. not um okay so the next episode I think that's when we're starting our trauma series, right? Pretty sure. I think so. Yep. So next episode marks the start of our trauma series. That's an episode that me and Allie are going to kind of go into our personal experience with trauma, not our personal trauma experiences. So we're going to kind of talk about where we first ran into trauma and trauma-informed care and trauma work and where it is kind of like used in our jobs and kind of what maybe direction we see it going um and then i'm gonna kind of delve into a big deep dive not gonna take it too dark into trauma different kinds of trauma stuff like that that's kind of my niche so i'm excited to get into that um but anyway you can catch us every tuesday and thursday um you can also find us on instagram social work friends pod and you can find us anywhere your little heart desires to listen and including a web browser whatever that means but you can find us on spotify apple music amazon music um you can find us on anchor still people listening on anchor not sure how um and yeah you can find us anywhere you like to listen any tuesday and thursday that you have available but anyway have a fantastic Second minute, day, month, week, year. It doesn't matter. Just have a good one. Goodbye. Now bye? Now bye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>